welcome to another episode of Menopause, the good, the bad and the downright sweaty. I'm Diane Danzibrink and with me as ever is my gorgeous co-host, the lovely Sophie. Hey Sophie. Hello everyone. Hi, how are you? I am all right, lovely, thank you. So we are still virtual. Yeah, <laughs> we, I miss we, we still haven't managed to do the cup of tea and a slice of cake. We're still virtual. Um, but yeah, we're really we're really hoping to get together soon, Soph, aren't we? Definitely. We've got ice cream to eat, cake to eat. This is going to be a feast. <laughs> we just keep sending each other pictures, don't we, of cake and ice cream recipes that we see. <laughs> and of course, very healthy salads, obviously. Yes, of course. Of course, healthy, healthy salads. Yes. Mm. Not so much with the salads, but never mind. <laughs> So today, Soph, we're going to talk about, so Sophie and I have just been chatting um, pre-record and Soph was catching me up on her week and how she has noticed that she has become more noise sensitive. And that's (laughs) that's always been an issue for me. Um, So we're going to really, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, And I certainly know from lots of the members of my group that that affects them too. So if I'm sure you hear from ladies in the um, in the menopause clubs that, you know, similar for them. So that's what we're all going to chat about our experience. But before we do, um, well, I would say some of you might know, but. I'm thinking maybe you don't know because I certainly haven't seen many headlines about it. There's been an update um, in a publication called JAMA, which is the Journal of the American Menopause Association. Um, so it's really widely read around the world, particularly by menopause specialists. And it's all about the WH study, which has led to basically so much confusion and so many people either being denied HRT or flushing their HRT down the loo in the past, um, really mainly to do with the concerns around breast cancer. So, so before I talk about what it's told us, have you, you know, were apart from on social media where, you know, we all gather in our menopause bubble, um, more widely, have you seen anything about it? I haven't seen a single headline. I, like you said, I've only seen it because I saw it on a menopause friend's Instagram. Right. Um, and it's just so disappointing that you think back in 2002, when all the, when this report, the report findings were released, the, it was splashed all over national newspapers, this huge headline of um, HRT gives you cancer. And it's just infuriating now that the latest findings, I think it was just a tiny, tiny, tiny paragraph, wasn't it, Diane? Yeah, there was a there was a tiny paragraph, um, I think, in one of the newspapers. But of course, when the WHI study was well, when part of the WHI study was ended prematurely, 
Um, and there was a release out to the press in 2002, which many of the many of the chief investigators. So the investigators were the people who were actually working on the study. So there were 40 of them. Many of them had absolutely no idea what that press release said. Um, were absolutely horrified to know that it had been put out publicly without them having a chance to have a say in it, etc. Um, but essentially, what it said led to all these headlines about HRT and breast cancer. So um, we won't go on about it for a long time, but I just really wanted to give you what absolutely should be the current headlines and should be in all the news media. You know, you should be seeing this on Sky, on BBC, on ITV. You should be seeing this everywhere because this is this is really important news. So essentially, um, this is a long term study. Um, so this long term study. So what they've done is they've followed up on these cohorts of women um, in these studies. And what essentially should be the headline is that women who use estrogen only HRT, so women who have essentially had a hysterectomy, because if you've had your womb removed, the vast majority of women will only need estrogen. And what it's telling us is that for women who took estrogen only HRT, for over 20 years, they have a lower, I repeat, lower risk of developing breast cancer against placebo and a lower risk, lower risk of dying from breast cancer compared to women who are not taking HRT. So women who are taking estrogen only over 20 years have a lower risk of developing breast cancer and a lower risk of dying from breast cancer compared to women who are not taking HRT. Now that is huge. That should be being broadcast all around the world because, first of all, it tells us really important information about risk but that should also be accompanied by all the information about benefits so benefits to long-term bone health heart health brain health benefits to long-term um, gynae health so that's your vulval vaginal health to bladder health to all kinds of risks so you know we should I'm so, I don't know. I'm just disappointed that this, I'm really I, disappointed that this hasn't been, this information just hasn't been relayed. I mean, do you think because of COVID that things like this are just being bumped at the moment? Do you think it will be discussed or do you think do you that's know what, thinking? I really want to say that that's the reason, but you know, I I happened to turn BBC News on this morning and you know what a massive dog lover I am. Um, but, you know, they managed to spend five minutes talking about two dogs lost down a hole for a week. And so they as, could talk about this. And as delighted as I am, and they managed to spend five or ten minutes talking about the BAFTA thing last night. And it's like, seriously, you know, what's more important? 
is the is the health and is the long term health and well being of women more important than a few celebs picking up a few stat few statues, or you know as as I say I am absolutely thrilled for the two lovely ladies who got their dogs back, but I think if you can find time for those things you can find time for something that affects the health of half of the population. Um, so that so the so that was the estrogen only study and then looking at the other cohort which is the women who were taking estrogen with what's called a synthetic progestogen um again we've always known that there is a very small increased risk of developing breast cancer and the issue is thought to be around the synthetic progestogen. So remember, we're talking about old types of progestogen. And in particular, we're talking about one particular type of progestogen, which was used in the WHI, which is called MPA, medroxyprogesterone acetate. Um, there are lot, there are several different types of progesterone. Some of them are much closer to the body identical progesterone. So that's a conversation to have with your uh, with your menopause specialist or your doctor if they understand the different types of progestogen but again something else that you know really should be widely shouted about is that that's an old type of progestogen we now have body identical micronized progesterone and there is one small five-year study which shows absolutely no increase no increased cases of breast cancer above baseline but even in the whi it still shows that there is no increased risk of death from breast cancer even in the women using estrogen with a synthetic progestogen and you know i was delighted to get an email um, from the british menopause society showing that the bms so um that's hathim hamodas the current chair of the bms and um edward morris who's the president of the royal college of obs and gynae they had put out a joint statement around this saying basically how delighted they are to see this information coming through um, and it's interesting because um edward morris said women must be informed of the risks so they can weigh these up against the benefits that they may have from taking hrt um Hathim Hamoda, every woman experiences the menopause differently and symptoms vary. These can be extremely debilitating for some women, can have a significant impact on their physical and psychological well-being. Um, you know, I think it's so important that these messages are spread widely mm -hmm. so that women are making their decisions not on 20 or 18 or 20 year old information, which was you know, from flawed studies, which we know. But the trouble is, is, you know, you and I, you and I know about it because it's a world that we inhabit, but everybody else doesn't. And, and there's still so much misinformation out there. Oh, my out, goodness. Incredibly it just, outdated. It just drives me insane. So I just wanted to, to share that. So basically the headline is that estrogen only, safe 
estrogen and progestogen, slight increased risk, no increased risk of mortality from breast cancer. We do now have estrogen with body identical plant plant-derived micronized progesterone. So if you want to have basically what menopause specialists call, call gold standard treatment and you need progesterone, please ask to have your estrogen and your progesterone separately. It should be about informed choice. It shouldn't be about, well, these are the cheapest tablets, so you can have these. So Diane, for anyone listening, yeah. um, what would the names of those be? Just in ah, case so anyone's the, listening and they're thinking, yeah, sure. well, I, I take combined. Yeah, really good point, lovely. So there's only one body identical plant derived progesterone, and that's called Eutrogestan. It's U T R O G E S T A N. As far as the estrogen is concerned, there's two <clears throat> there's two really two different types of estrogen. The one that was used in the W WI is something called CEE, that's conjugated equine oestrogen. And what is much, much more prevalent, certainly in the UK today, uh, is the body identical, what's called 17 beta estradiol. So that's the oestrogen that we would call body identical, um, essentially same molecular structure as the oestrogen that you produce naturally, body identical progesterone, eutrogestan, same molecular structure as the progesterone, <clears throat> excuse me, that you um, that you produce naturally. So that's kind of that's where we are, lovely, as far mm -hmm. as as far as that's concerned. Um, but yeah, I you know sort of I hope lots of people get to listen and so that they you know sort of they understand that you know sort of the risks that you have been told are there over the last goodness knows how many years and regularly still get still get rolled out um even even the whi which is the organization that started all this have now come out and said these things about women taking estrogen only and women taking estrogen and progestogen so it you know and just remember that there are that's fabulous but there are also lots of long-term benefits too. Quick question, Diane. So with yeah. um, Everell Conti and Everell Sequit, which I know quite a few people who take those, yeah. Um, what what's the progesterone part of that? Is that yeah. synthetic? Yeah, they are. So um, so they are synthetic progestogens, but they're it's not MPA. Um, okay. They're different types. They're Essentially, if you like, they're more modern types of progestogens. And it's fair to say, Soph, that for some women, they get on really well with them. Um, and if you get on really well with it, you know, you have to have that conversation with your doctor around what these studies say. And you have to remember that, you know, sort of, as I say, the progestogen that was included in that study is something called MPA. Um, if anybody wants to sort of hear a hear a specialist talk you know an expert talk about this if you go to either the menopause support website or my youtube channel which is just my name um you'll find a, a short i think it's about 40 minute video there um which is with 
a gentleman called Mr Nick Panay. So Nick is an ex-chair of the British Menopause Society and he talks about um, the use of the synthetic progestogens and the issues that that caused around the studies, etc. Um, so, you know, there's lots and lots of information out there. Um, but just make sure that you're just make sure that you're not being put off due to essentially what is now pretty ancient, outdated, incorrect information. Absolutely. Right. So there we are. That's the end of my broadcast. <laughs> we should, I was thinking we should have done a we should have done our own broadcast, shouldn't we? We should have done a bingity yes. bong before be like this is a public welfare broadcast because but that's the thing lovely if you think about it that's that's a public health issue you know the government have a responsibility um you know the mhra have a responsibility the department of health have have a responsibility to the population to be sharing these messages and, you know, certainly organisations like the BBC should have a responsibility to be sharing this information as well. Well, I know anyone listening in that's on Instagram should check out Diane's page where you shared this information, didn't you, Diane? Yeah. And then we should all put it in our stories and tag BBC and ITV <laughs> News and yeah. say, when are you going to be reporting this? Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> as subtle as a double dipper bus <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly lovely but anyway so that's the kind of that's the update so please don't let you know as I say please don't let old studies put you off um it's always really important to have factual evidence-based up-to-date information so that you can make an informed choice but anyway that's the grumpy bit <laughs> It's not grumpy, it's very informative. <laughs> That's my grumpy bit. Now you're going to be grumpy, aren't you? Oh, well, I've got to say, this week my blood has been boiling. So, <laughs> like probably many of you listening, um, because of COVID, I've been working from home since um, March, to the end yeah. of March. And I've always, well, I've noticed since surgical menopause that I've become sensitive to sound. Um, but whilst I've been home 24-7, I have developed, um, I'd say my sensitivity is heightened. That's a polite way of putting it. Um, and I find that my, if something's really, really loud, um, it makes my like, blood pressure rise. I start to get a bit of a racy heart. I start to feel quite anxious. Um, so yesterday afternoon, I've had a really horrible morning at work and I thought, you know, the sun's shining, I'm going to sit in the shade and read my book and just lose myself in it. Um, but I couldn't because there was kind of really, really loud, sweary rap music playing. And it was all like it was all I could focus on. Like Even when the girls or Stephen were talking to me, all I could hear was just this this music. Um, and it made it made me feel really, really anxious. Mm. Um, and also things like if there's a tap, dripping downstairs at night time I'll be in bed with earplugs in which I've had to start wearing since surgical menopause right. and I can still hear that tap it's like something in my mind just hones in on that noise um and I have said before that 
you know, quite often I'll say to Stephen, can you stop breathing so loudly? Which is... Or eating, wasn't it eating crisps? Wasn't yes. that something that drove you mad? I have to leave the room. If the girls are eating crisps, and I, I know how irrational I sound, and it is really, really frustrating to become so like, impacted by it, but I do mm-hmm. have, to, I have to leave the room. Um, and then go back in once they've finished or even the sound of chewing mm. um, especially if my when I'm waiting for my implant in that period before getting it yeah I have to this oh, this makes me sound ridiculous but I have to eat dinner alone mm. because it's just mm. I don't know I kind of I kind of feel attacked by the sound it's just it's just horrible so, um, so is it just is it, I mean I know a lot of us have not really been going out out a lot um but is it just when you're in your own home so like you were talking about the I mean I take it the music wasn't coming from your house I take it it was coming no. from a neighbor or something okay yeah it's my next door neighbor um so is it just when you're in you know what should be a kind of safe tranquil place your home for you that you find noise difficult or is it also you know is it when you're out and about as well and as I say I know a lot of us are not out and about at the moment but were you finding that more difficult too yes yeah Mm. so kind of any social occasions like if it was a Christmas party Mm. um or just like meeting up with some friends for a catch-up I find the noise in restaurants like the clanging of plates and cutlery and you know in a bar just just too much to the Mm. point where at times um even the beeps in supermarkets I've wanted to like cover my ears it's just too much Um, it's it's so interesting that you talk about the beeps because um I don't have the sound on on my phone at all me neither. So, don't you? No. Okay. So cannot stand it. <laughs> no, I don't have the I don't have the sound on on my phone. I don't have the sound on on my iPad. So they're muted all the time. Um, I actually don't have um, apart from one app. I don't have notifications. I can't even see if if things are going on. But I can't bear the pinging and it just irritates the life out of me. I just can't bear it. And it's really interesting because um, Martin has never been a big, you know, kind of, he's not, he's not on lots of things. He's not, but he does have, obviously he has his mobile phone. And if we settle down at the end of the day and he's looking at his phone and I hear an email come in or I hear some kind of notification. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it just because it's like, no, I just can't bear it. And I just say to him, you, please turn the sound off. I just can't bear it. And that's really, you know, that's rubbish. Why should he have to turn the sound off? Because I can't bear it. But I just cannot bear it. It just it sets me off. Insane. Yeah. Stephen's just got this. um like fit not fitbit some sort of smart watch thing oh my god i'm such a technophobe i don't know the word for it but anyway so it no i wouldn't him. know honey either <laughs> so at night time he's got this sort of setting and it like plays this really creepy bedtime music for like only probably 10 seconds 
And I've said to him, Stephen, you've got to turn that off because yeah. we'll just be settling down in bed. And then it, this creepy music will come on to tell him that he has to go to sleep. Oh. So he's kind of like, oh, night, night, darling, love you. And I'm lying there like raging, <laughs> feeling quite murderous because A, the music has interrupted my like relaxing thoughts I was having. Yeah. And B, it's... It's music that makes me think a clown's going to jump out of my wardrobe or something. It's freaky. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty horrible. But the funny thing is, is that uh, do you have a television in your bedroom? Yeah, we've we've got one that comes out the end of our bed, Diane. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we have two, and um, it's not on very often. We, you know, it's not. But you know, kind of, it's there, and um, occasionally. Martin will say, oh, I'm just going to finish watching blah, blah, blah. And I mean, 99 times out of 100, I'll go to sleep anyway. But there will be the occasional time where I can't go to sleep and I'm laying there like gritting my teeth. (laughs) Yet, yet, last night, (laughs) last night I was really awake, awake, awake. And I just happened to notice that Bridget Jones' diary was on. And I thought, oh, I haven't seen that film for ages and I thought I'm gonna watch it and he was you know kind of going off to sleep and if that had been me with somebody going right well I'm gonna watch a two-hour film (laughs) while you're trying to go to sleep I'd I know that I would have been I could fit I know that the hackles would have been up yet he was just like yeah whatever you know (laughs) I'll just go off to sleep but it's just, it's so bizarre. I mean, I have to say, I have always been, I have always been noise sensitive. So I hate, absolutely hate screaming and shouting. I, it drives me mad when people are thoughtless and inconsiderate, you know, about the noise they make when there are other people around. Yeah, I can't deny it. It does do my head in. But I've definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, I've definitely got worse. So we were having a little chat earlier in the week, so weren't we? We were. And you've come up with a plan, haven't you? I have. <laughs> so my plan is, so Diane and I are both, um, we both love the idea of being in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but within walking distance of a brilliant pub, tea room that sells like epic huge slices of cake yes um, a bookshop would be nice as well lovely a village shop yes um, Diane would like space for horse and I would like space to keep goats so we've come up with this plan that we can either um buy just happen to buy two lovely beautiful cottages that are like perfect inside in the same village with all the aforementioned uh, amenities or that we buy a huge mansion that has which we can't afford (laughs) yeah which we can't afford we may have to like sell something so it might have to be a rundown farm so yeah like you know in our luck it'll just be a shed (laughs) and have no neighbors no noise no flight past going past um no motorway no 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 intense wind that makes stuff rattle um (laughs) (laughs) honestly that drives me mad too (laughs) so yeah that's that's our plan I'm not sure how achievable so um, we'll definitely be doing the lottery tonight (laughs) 
Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> or if anyone's listening and they're, you know, a billionaire, then please feel free to support the cause. <laughs> but it's funny because, Diane, like years ago, you know, if you'd met me 10 years ago and you yeah. said, oh, Soph, you know, this is what I'd love to do. This is where I'd like to live. I'd be like, oh, no, I want to be near things. I want to be walking distance of a few bars, a few restaurants. Um, I just wasn't, you know, I could sleep. I did used to live in a, a, a lot busier location and I'd sleep with the windows open mm. and there'd be cars zooming past and beeping and sirens and all sorts. And now, you know, I'm, I kind of live about 20 minutes from the A1 and if I hear a fire engine on the A1, I'm like, don't they know I'm trying to sleep? Like, <laughs> just... <laughs> and, you know, I, the girls actually said to me a while back, mum, do you think we'll ever stay in a hotel and not have to be moved rooms and I said surely it's not that bad they said no mum we were talking about it and actually in every hotel we've ever stayed in with you we've had to be moved because of noise and that makes me sound like such a high maintenance person but it it is just that it's the noise thing you know I've I just done that, honey. yeah I've I just have that. a reputation for it and it's frustrating that you know I am so impacted by sound but it is you're absolutely right honey it is really frustrating but I think if it's having a significant impact then and you know what you know we've talked about you know sort of having very different lifestyles to the ones that we used to have before do you know what sometimes things that worked for you before just don't work for you now no, you just change, don't you? And absolutely. Develop, absolutely. And that's absolutely okay, isn't it, to, yeah. to do that? Of course it is lovely. So um, so if anybody knows of, <laughs> of this fantasy idyllic place that Sophie has, um, and I'm all in with this, so <laughs> if anybody knows of this place, we would be delighted to hear from you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the perfect village. <laughs> Is there a reason, Diane, why so many women do um, kind of report that they're a lot more sensitive to noise and menopause? Ah, well, my love, here we go with the here we go with this, you know, kind of the same old, same old, really. Um, I mean, we, you know, kind of there is no doubt about it. Anecdotally, there is no doubt about it. It is a thing. Um, I know I've mentioned before that I've developed tinnitus in one of my ears as well since I had my surgery and you know just from the amount of women that I speak to on a weekly basis I know that that is a thing too um but the trouble is we don't have the we don't have a body of research there to tell us and it's the same with a lot of um what we would what I would call maybe the lesser known symptoms of menopause so there's a lot of symptoms that women say you know, I think this is due to my hormone fluctuations. But of course, because, you know, we've talked about before how, you know, women's health has been so poorly served, because we don't have the body of research, essentially, it is simply anecdotal evidence. It's just women reporting that it, they're having it. We know that, you know, it probably has got a relation to um, 
to hormone changes but the trouble is we don't have the we don't have the bit in between we don't have the the link as to okay so this is the symptom this is the underlying issue but why kind of physiologically why is that happening and that's the same with so many of what would be as I say the kind of lesser known symptoms of menopause it's one of menopause's mysteries at present which could be solved in the future you never know hopefully hopefully but I think you know basically for research to happen we need funding and the kind of sums that you're talking about for big because they have to be long term you know kind of to be recognized they have to be long-term pieces of research they have to be really robust um so for them to you know kind of for um for researchers to be able to run long-term projects you're talking lots of zeros and well particularly in the world today lots of zeros are going to be difficult to come by Um, But also you then have to look at what else needs researching. And of course, at the moment, the biggest issue for the world is COVID. Um, So, you know, menopause has always been way down the list. It's likely that it's even further down the list at the moment. So unless there is a, um, you know, unless there is a sort of um, a pot set aside specifically for menopause research, I'm afraid to say that it's unlikely that it's going to happen anytime soon, which is sad. But, you know, thankfully, there is much more access to the information that we do have. Um, And it's not to say that people aren't working really hard to try and make things better. They are. You know, there is a you know, there's a big sort of body now of menopause doctors, of menopause specialists, of patient experts of women sharing their experience but you know we are desperately lacking in you know sort of in in robust research in a lot of areas not just of menopause but women's health too yeah women's health always seems to take a back seat doesn't it yeah I think historically it has honey so you know if you think about it I think I've said this before it wasn't until the 1980s um that there was any kind of sort of legislation if you like that women had to be included in medical research (laughs) so you know we've got a we've got a very long way to go um and you know 30 years 40 years is nothing in terms of you know medical science and research so yeah hopefully um hopefully your daughters will um will have a have a better experience because of you know people like us and many others like us who continue to try and raise this as an issue i hope so i really hope so for their sake and future generations absolutely lovely we have to you know we have to be hopeful for the future um because you know um well it's a must um you know we we have to we have to think that it can it can get better um because otherwise we'd all just you know go and eat cake (laughs) that sounds like a good plan what time is it what is about is we've we've missed our 11s is haven't we so absolutely but you know on that note (laughs) maybe it's time for us to um maybe it's time for us to call it a day actually i'd be really really interested to know and i'm sure you would too soph if any of the listeners are having, you know, kind of experiences 
around sound and if they have become more sensitive. So if you have, do get in touch and let us know and let us know what your experiences are. And if you've also found ways to mitigate it too, that we could share, that would be brilliant. Um, So if you know all the ways to contact, I can never remember them. So you can reach us on hellomenopausepodcast at hotmail.com or on our Instagram page, the.menopause.podcast. Perfect. All right, my lovely. So, um, well, lovely to catch up with you again, my love. You too. Um, And we will do it again soon. And if anybody has got anything that you would like us to cover, um, then please do get in touch. And we will definitely look to do that in a future episode. But in the meantime, um, it's bye bye from me for a while. Yeah. And you're off on holiday, aren't you? Well, I'm taking a break. Yeah. I'm taking a break for a little while. Lovely. You know, 10 days of 10 days of no screen time, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah. Well, have a great time. Thank you, my love. Take care, everyone. Catch up soon. Bye. Bye. Bye bye.